0: Welcome to the interface. My name is Andrew John. I'm Chase music and Ian Fuse and the only handsome. I like to complain about how beautiful Ian is, but I can never be as beautiful as him. I've worked my hair just as long, but that's weird. All right, I'm getting married soon.
1: My name is Andrew Luger and with me, as always, is Chase Musoni and Fuchs. Today, we're talking about wearables—that wacky new technology where you can wear a computer on your body. So, Chase, I heard that you have a wearable that you're wearing right now. Look at that—it's a Pebble watch. That's pretty cool.
0: It is. It's really good. Um, I'm not gonna lie—the the original Pebble. No, that's it. The original Pebble is still a pretty damn good wearable <laughs> because it's super cheap and it does like 90 no, percent no, of what every other wearable does. I think the Pebble is a great wearable.
1: Yeah, but you know what? You know what it doesn't do, and you have to buy an extra $200 add-on for. Step tracking, not true. That and what wasn't it? I thought that was the thing—the pebble, the little no. extra computer. No, no, no. That's that's for, that's the, for data uh, and GPS. The, the data and GPS. Yeah, the pebble itself will do step tracking. Ah, um, oh, oh, okay, okay. That, that, okay. I thought that was to include step tracking.
0: Oh my god! Blew my load on the first pebble shot. Damn
1: it! Jesus Christ!
0: <laughs> <laughs> no, the pebbles. No, I th- okay, so of all wearables, right? And we can go around and talk about all of them, but let's, let's, let's bring it back oh, up. we all of the wearables. We're, we're wearables. wearables in general. I think <laughs> wearables are a solution in search of a problem. And you guys mentioned that last week. I think it's absolutely true. Like, I mean I realize the Apple Watch does pretty good, right? Like am I I'm correcting saying that. it's today. sold more than Rolex, I believe. Oh, I mean that's okay, that's pretty good. I don't I don't know if that does that continue or do like people get their watch and they're good, like they don't upgrade watches like phones. I don't know. That's yet to be seen. As far as like functionality though, I think it's it does pretty good. I mean I've I've
1: won mine I think it's every day. Good. Well I mean no, I've worn I mean, my, no I have won mine for no, every day true. for the last year. It's, no I agree with that. It's tracked my steps I don't know with what accuracy. I know that I feel like it's more it's more conservative than some of the others. Um, it it does not That's okay. a nice way of saying it's
0: off. Well, I don't.
1: I I think that there are some of them that are very very liberal with the steps that you take. Uh, I know I know Fitbit is a really uh, bad player in the field for this. Where like a Fitbit, you take ten steps and it gives you credit for like nineteen. Right. Ooh, and it's like well, okay, that's, so this. That's a problem because people are like, oh, I'm going to take 10,000 steps a day, but I only actually took like 6,000 and it said I took 10 versus the Apple Watch. I might take 10,000 and it gives me credit for
0: like 9,800. So that's really interesting because I wore my Microsoft band, like band one at Disney World for step tracking exclusively when we did, you know, because you're walking a lot on those vacations. Of course. And in Sarah's mom and her sister each wore their Fitbit and they were getting 25% higher than me every day. And we walked essentially the same amount. I mean hey guys, I'm gonna blow your minds real quick.
1: You know there's a tool that exists already that can give you an incredibly accurate step count. It's called a pedometer. And you yeah. can actually you can wear them and it'll give you a one hundred percent accurate step count. Isn't I, that crazy? I, I would it's argue amazing. that it's not hundred percent accurate. Because you can get pretty good step counts. You, you can if you buy a good one. But just right. so that's that same the same idea applies whether it's pedometers or wearables. The the Apple Watch is a more costly device than a $70 Fitbit flex. And it tends to be probably more accurate, just like you can buy the $20 pedometer at Walgreens and it's going to be however accurate, or you can buy like a hundred dollar pedometer, like a polar or whatever their, uh, clip on one is. And, and it might be 90% accurate, 95% accurate, whatever. So, so issues about like, uh, whether or not step tracking is actually a useful fitness thing or not aside, like that's really the, the majority of what wearables. Well, okay, let's let's dial back. There's there's yeah. lots of different kinds of wearables. I think there's there's some really cool applications like the Magic Band. There's some less cool applications like Fitbit, and then there's some dumb applications like I think every other smartwatch. Yeah, because <laughs> really, like strapping a screen to your wrist is sort of like. It's, it's an iPod for your iPhone, right? Like, in the same way that an iPod was something, it was like a smaller version of what you could already do in your computer. The watch lets you take what you can already do in your phone and do it on your wrist. Kind of. right? But that's not really what the, what the value of a wearable is. Like, just like anything else, it has to fit the certain niche that it exists in and then do something better there that it can't do somewhere else. And looking at notifications is one thing. The, the calendar watch we talked about last week I think is a really good application of that because it takes something you're already used to having, which is a watch, and then it applies a new layer of intelligence to it that lets you do more with that technology than you would on its own. And so like a Fitbit is fine, it's a, it's a pedometer whatever. That's something new, but it's not really useful. Whereas something like a calendar watch is really useful because it just it gives you more information and lets you do more than you would be able to in the first place.
0: I think that's probably true for the gen like general population, but I think for anybody who wants to wear a fitness device, like the Fitbit is already the better version of that. Or if you just were gonna wear a watch anyway, like the Apple Watch is could arguably be the better version of that, right, based on your needs. Right. So if you're satisfied with its functionality as a watch you, you're you know getting more out of it, so I where would argue will, that it's not a good watch though. So right? that's it, I'm saying that's subjective. I'm saying if if you can wear the Apple Watch and it fills your watch, like checks your watch box, then you're good. Right. It, it tells so time.
1: What, what 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 <laughs> else do you want out of a watch? I mean, like
0: it's not a yeah. Well, it, it doesn't well, look yeah, fancy it's not, it's enough.
1: A, it's in a chronometer. I was no, just I gonna wanted, say it's not a chronometer. Yeah. They have that a watch face that is a chronometer. Sure. <laughs> I wanted to tell time, but I wanted to tell time all the time, not when I flick my wrist up, right? And that's the problem with a screen is it can't sure. be on all the time. Pebble i've heard that <laughs> yeah, sure <laughs> so like my ideal watch is a calendar the calendar watch that also tells me the outdoor temperature like that's all i really need because i don't need to do much more with my wrist than watch things but i think a really cool application of wearable technology is something that the disney magic band i think that is probably the most effective and convincing argument that wearables are actually a useful technology right now that and being able to do apple Pay with your your watch i, I just re- they, re- rewind things. really fast the pebble sounds like the perfect watch for you because it tells you the time and it can tell you the weather
0: and your calendar <laughs> at a glance and it's no, always but, on
1: and it's always on no but I want it to look like a watch I, like I don't want to wear this little <laughs> little screen on my wrist some, right? like, some of their it's... new ones actually do look more watchy well there's the Withings Activite which we also talked about last week which I think is actually a really cool fitness tracker because it just has it, it's entirely it's digital but it looks entirely analog even the step tracker it doesn't tell you how many steps you make it says how close you are to your goal in terms of percentages sure um, and it's a, just a gorgeous watch to look at. And as nice as the Apple watch is, it's still a hunk of rectangular metal strapped to your wrist, right? Like, it's just not... Yeah. And I think as, people, as much as people don't want to say it's important, I think technology, just having a technology on your wrist isn't enough. It's 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 a wearable
0: it's still fashionable it has to look good
1: or else it has to have a function that really really truly transcends the fact that it's kind of goofy looking
0: sure. yeah i mean i agree with that i just think it's a
1: sliding scale
0: like some people don't care what their watch yeah. looks like so they're they're happy to get whatever you know tech out of it if they want the tech side but if they really sure. if you want a beautiful watch then you're gonna buy a beautiful watch right and, you know the pebble or whatever is not for you and so yeah, i sorry i I'm sorry, but i just mean that what it looks like is important for widespread adoption is that true? Because the Apple Watch is doing well. I, like, well, if it outsold Rolex, and Rolex is beautiful, and Apple Watch isn't, by you know, by this measure, I'd say that the Apple your, Watch is doing just. What's fine. your
1: cost comparison there? Like, what's the cheapest Rolex you can buy versus the cheapest Apple Watch you can buy? It's it's easy for Apple to outsell. Yeah, was, a high end watch, like yes, if you said okay, the addition Apple Watch outsold Rolex, then it'd be like holy crap, Apple's really killing it with this. But if you're talking the three hundred and fifty sport, three hundred fifty dollars sport model, outselling a five thousand dollar wristwatch. Oh, yeah. yeah, that's going to happen. I'm sh- but what's it compared to like Timex or whatever you can SCL. get at Walmart? Like, I bet those probably outsell. And, and even some of the other ones that are like Pebble probably outsells it or the new Fitbits that have the clock on them, the Charge or the Surge or the Blaze yeah. or whatever, probably outsell other regular watches also when you want to look at things that count steps and also give you some of your data so these are hard numbers to get a hold of but i would imagine that the total smartwatch sales are a smaller fraction of overall watch sales and if you wanted to really tap into that market you have to actually get into what makes watches attractive for people which is their pedigree and their technology
0: yeah and and, and their looks so i'm a bad person because i don't have the examples offhand but there are the like beautiful smartwatches right there's people who've come from the design on the opposite oh, for direction sure. where they first made the great looking watch and then added you know smart functionality to it or some of them you can't even tell that there are you know quotes smart watch sure
1: i had a, a Nevo something smartwatch that i I'd, I'd gotten sent to uh to review that looked very nice and it was it looked like a traditional watch there was there was actually no screen on it but the um 123 six and nine markers lit up. And depending on like what notification was coming in, it would send you a thing. And then depending on uh, your steps for the day, it would slowly fill around the edge. And, um, and so it would show you like your progress of the day. So at a real quick glance, you could say like tap the button on the side and it's like, okay, you've made it 75% of the way through your overall step goal for the day. Or, you get a text message and it buzzes and the light lights up green. Or you get a phone call and it lights up red and flashes. And so it's giving you that information and giving you some of that smarts, but it's still a traditional style watch and it looks pretty nice. That actually reminds me of this thing called the Kronos. I don't know what ever came of it, but um, Bloomberg had a thing on it where they talked, it was just like this little disc that you stick to the back of a watch and it has an actuator and a light in it. And that's really cool. Like that makes a smartwatch actually super interesting to me. Yep, that's it. But that's something I would, yeah. But there's also very limited ways you can actually glean any data off of that then honest to god though you can do a lot with it so it, you're right it's all efferent versus efferent which is to say it's all stuff coming from that as opposed to you looking at it to get information out of it so it's, mm-hmm. it's all input instead of output but mm-hmm. i think that's the vast majority of what you actually are interested in doing with a watch anyway except for the one display sure which is that of like steps or calendar or whatever or notifications which i think is a big reason why the smartwatch thing is is so popular and i think the the big thing for at least me personally that helps me kind of justify like wearables make sense to me is that i can put my phone down on the counter and i can be anywhere in the house or whatever and i can still get my notifications and i'm not required to a go back to my phone and check it or b get sucked into other crap on my phone when i get there because i think that's the bigger thing is think of how much time you waste on your phone, like you go to check a text message and all of a sudden now you're looking at email and then you're looking at Slack because that's blown up in the last two hours or whatever. Instead, if you can just glance at your wrist really quick and say, okay, I see that Taylor's back and it's time for me to go get dinner. And, now you know that. Sorry, Andrew. You don't get sucked
0: into everything else.
1: I'm making skeptical faces. I okay. So no, maybe I, I'm in complete like agreement with problem. Ian.
0: No, I'm in complete agreement with Ian because I do the same thing. My, no, I plug my ridiculous. phone in and I walk really? around the house and get yeah. And so here's what it is though. It depends on what you want. Your it depends on what you want wearable for. For me and it, what it sounds like is for Ian our whatever our wearable is our high level notification filtration device. That sounds so, so stupid. It sounds so stupid, but it makes a huge impact. Like I spend, so if you think about the amount of time that takes you to spend taking out your phone, checking it. And then like I, so I go through an archive or dismiss whatever else has popped up in the last 30 minutes or something. Right now I can literally just check to see if it's a, do I need to reply to it now? Or is it something can wait till later? And 90% of it is it can replay later. So it's just an ignore, ignore, ignore.
1: Right No, So I aggressively triage, my notifications on my phone so that like if anything when I when I look at my phone and there's a notification on there, that's something that's important for me to look at like right now or in the near future. It's not something I'm not going to get sucked it, because i deal with that one notification and I'm done. And I'm just one of the anal guys who makes sure that there's no notifications. There's like, there's no red on my phone. It drives me crazy and those little dots are there. But like, I don't have the issue. I don't need to do that because my phone does it for me. And then whenever I do get a notification, the Kronos is effective enough because I, it has a different light color. So I can look at it and see like, okay, the red one has come up. That means it's a calendar notification. or the blue one has come up. That means it's a message notification. That's all I need to know. I don't care who it's from or anything like that. Because I know that if somebody's sending me a text message and it showed up on my phone, it is more important than pretty much anything else that's going on. And I can just look at it, see, oh, it's from an unknown number or something like that, and move on from there. But I'm not going to open my phone up and then also like, oh, what's going on in the Slack channel right now? I see Uh, your point, but I raise you. I'm also an obsessive notification clearer where I don't have stuff on my phone either. But the step that's better is I can get an email and have it come up on my screen and I can archive it from my watch, and I never take yeah. my phone out of my pocket. Or I can it's get a text message, and I can yep. reply right away from my watch if it's important. Or I can dismiss it, and that clears the badge on my phone, so my phone never comes out of my pocket or out of my backpack, or I don't have to but go that means to my, you my have phone. To deal with it in the moment. No, because you can always pull head down head and, head and, head and head. see your notifications. They're always. No, but I don't, there don't to want to, have back to be to So this might be a difference in philosophy. I try to be ten- to be pretty aggressive towards making sure that I don't let myself get interrupted by my phone. Um. In fact, so, the only thing that no, that makes my phone vibrate is a message from Taylor, my parents, or a direct message on Slack cuz that's how important you guys are to oh me. Oh my gosh. But I'm serious, like otherwise it just shows up there silently. Like yeah.
0: I, I don't care otherwise. Okay, so scenario, you have a vibrate you get a vibration on your phone, you immediately deal with it. And I you don't even have to answer cuz right. I know it's true, you're one of the fastest responders I've met in my life. So and good for you good points to you cuz i'm not i'll like i'll see something and just no get <laughs> my <laughs> phone on me right um, <laughs> but in this scenario you've spent i don't know what the second count is but whatever that time is to grab your phone read like then you do your judgment is this important enough to reply or do i ignore it because i, I assume there are text messages and emails that you get that you don't reply to immediately oh, yeah, not. sure okay so then you've still gone through the triage process individually per notification all we're saying is that it's a simpler process on the wearable, I'm not saying you have to buy a wearable. I'm just saying that for no, no, myself I, and for Ian, it, it seems like to be a yeah. simpler. I would argue matters. that's not the case
1: for two reasons. First of all, it doesn't take that much longer for me to do it on my phone. And importantly, I can do all of those at once when I open my phone up and look at it because I done. can see the whole list of things on there. And I can see, okay, here's all the people. Here's all the people that have messaged me. These are the people I need to pay attention to right now. And it tells me what their last things were so I can figure out what the order to deal with it in and then be done. The whole thing takes 60 seconds if I've had a lot of messages come in. Otherwise, it's just not that big a deal. Mine literally takes two seconds. How is that faster? Because you look could, at your wrist I, and you either tap the button or, or don't you ignore touch anything. It yeah i just i I give them individually so it's just different use cases it doesn't work for me it works for you guys sure um i think one of the things that i really what i really like is things that passively enhance my life so i've got panic status board going on over there it's got headlines and calendar and stuff like that which is really nice i have notifications and stuff to deal with things like like stuff like that and us two has this really cool idea of showing a bunch of different things all in a circular context on a smartwatch and we'll post a link to it in there but i really like this idea of sort of I think that the the really powerful thing of a, of a smartwatch is that it allows you to customize the information you have and then less be able to do something with it, but just be able to see what you need to see on the screen in a way that lets you deal with it passively and quickly. So you're right, talking so not- like the uh, modular face on the Apple Watch that shows me the time, shows me my current fitness data for the day, shows me the temperature, right. shows me the next thing on my calendar, and shows me what today's date is and that it's Thursday. Right, that's exactly right. And if that's what the things that you want to see, then that's what you want to see. That's not what I care about. All right. What I want to know about, like, what is my next appointment? When is yep. it? What's the temperature like outside and what time is it? Right? And, and those are, like, the key things I really want to know. Those are there. all on here. <laughs> well, and so I, I, I'll, I'll admit it. I'm a snob and I want my watch
0: <laughs> to not look like a pebble and I don't want it to look like an Apple watch. I want look, it, to, and, and that's fair. You don't have to rationalize. You don't I'm, have to back yeah. rationalize all the other things. You can say you just don't like the look of the current smart smartwatch yeah. smart selection
1: well the, i mean and that's it that's that's a huge part of it but also i just don't think i don't need to spend 200 dollars on something where i'm only going to use five percent of the features spend 70 and get a pebble you like
0: 40 now that the pebble 2 is coming out.
1: i'll send you one i will mail you one
0: yeah but i i mean as i said i don't want a piece of garbage strapped on a wrist yeah actually we have an extra one too you can try it out no, and tell I'm me fine. how much you like it i have no interest in that <laughs> it's white it matches your personality all right um <laughs> Okay, so so smartwatches are their own monster, right? But there, so there's other things that are happening, right? Like Magic Band. I just want to talk about this because yes. it's a really good use case. I absolutely agree. I think that I, I think is, this is the absolute, hands down, best evidence that that wearables are the future.
1: And we'll talk about that in just a minute.
0: Hey everybody, I'm Nigel, the Interface intern. Just wanted to ask you, the listeners, to go to the Interface Facebook page and hit like on the page or share the latest episode with your friends on Facebook. Just head over to the Facebook and search Interface Podcast. Click the little mouse cursor and then like on the page or share an episode. If possible, we would also love it if you could rate the podcast on iTunes or recommend the show in Overcast. This helps people discover the show. The guys have basically made my paycheck contingent on this, so it would be super cool if you could do those two things so I can get groceries this week. Oh, and one more thing can always find the show notes at interface.fm i work really hard on them
1: So, Chase, you just got back from Disney World, like, what, a couple months ago, and you had the Magic Band experience out there.
0: That's right. Yeah, we did. We went in January, and the Magic Band is still still relatively new, but we did all wear them because they're replacing the tickets. So for everyone who's unfamiliar with Magic Band, when you go to Disney World, as opposed to having a traditional ticket, so previously, you would just have a ticket to get into the park, and then in the last few years, you've had the ticket, and then you also had to do a biometric authentication in the form of a thumbprint, so then your ticket was tied to your thumbprint, and now they've transitioned to you wear your Magic Band, which is just an NFC little band. There's no display on it or anything it's just a you know like a colored band and you still have to also do your thumbprint and so anytime you enter anything any rides or parks or whatever you'd put, um you'd place place your magic band up against the little you know confirmation bit it glows green and then you uh, could go in the park entrance is the only one that requires the additional thumbprint so uh, Magic Band is cool for a few reasons, and if you go to the newer areas of the park where they've built the infrastructure around to support it, it does some really cool things. So, um, the greatest example that I experienced was when we went to the new dining experience at Fantasyland, which is the Beauty Beauty and the Beast castle. They'd, you know, you'd walk up and say, "Hey, we're here," to the you know to the front the front desk or whatever, um, and then you they'd say, "All right, go wait," and then you'd walk down to the, like you know the holding paddock if it you know if you will, and then someone comes out and says. <laughs> You know, Royal Muso Family. <laughs> you put in the magic band, and you get a new server out of the machine. <sighs> That's exactly right. <laughs> yeah, they come out, Royal Musil Family or whatever. And then you come in, your, your table's ready. And you follow the person in, and you sit down at your table, and they're like, here you go. And so you sit, and you've already put your order in earlier, and they know what your order is per person because you filled it out online. And as you sit down at the table... Your, your meal is delivered like within five minutes and they come and just deliver it to the correct person because they've located where you're at without having to know where you're at and they also know where you're at sitting at the table based on your position so that's like a vi- that was a very magical fluid experience <laughs> if not a little creepy <laughs> but but you buy into the creepy this is important right like when you go to disney world you opt into this it's magical right it's not creepy. it's magical right. and yeah. I, I, I can imagine for a it's more than that
1: this is like it's not that ex- ex- it's- yeah It's not that it's creepy or magical. It's that at Disney World, everything is perfect and it suits you. So there's this little bit in the Wired article that we'll post where they say that uh, when something goes wrong, the Magic Band goes blue, not red, because
0: red is bad and nothing bad can happen at Disney World. That's right. So that's that's a good idea, though, right? And I will agree that I felt like it was a cool use of the Magic Band. Okay. And then there's a few other functional things that the Magic Band does, and that's your... Wait, wait. yeah. Before we can get into that, real quick, I just, let's talk about the creepiness factor there because I think that's really important. Well, outside um, of where you're buying into it, right? Because at Disney you, World, you expect things to be magic, sure. Right, but you walk we into Denny's and you <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. and someone serves you a chili cheese dog. Yeah. Hey, this is my eggs right. over hammy. Uh, I'll,
1: I'll tell well, you. <laughs> I mean, it's. A li- I think it's actually it's a little more subtle than that because, like, if you walk into a restaurant or something and then you're a regular and they know who you are, like, that's a cool experience and that's something you like. For sure. I think if you knew that they that you weren't a regular there and the only reason they knew what you who you were and what you ordered was because you had this thing this watch on that already had told them that information, that would feel less special. So I think it works at Disney because you already have the expectation that things will be magical there and you sort of forget the fact that you have this magic band on. In real life, if you go into a restaurant and you only know that's like case because of your band that feels sort of that feels creepy and it just doesn't feel as magical or special as if you go there all
0: the time they know who you are because of your face i think i think you'd quickly acclimate to the to the denny's experiences because i'm i like denny so i'll keep using them as an example um i think you'd acclimate to that pretty quickly actually because that's still a closed environment i think where it'd be weird is like if you went into target and your child goes missing, and then the target employee like approaches your child, knows exactly who they are, and then like delivers them to you. You'd be like, "Thanks," you know, or something. <laughs> you, you seem yeah, to have misplaced this, sir.
1: <laughs> this is yours.
0: Yeah, right. Like it's something where you're not expecting it. I guess is what I'm getting yeah. at, or where you wouldn't find it appropriate well, without first like saying yes.
1: We touched on this really briefly last week, and the idea that like going into like a restaurant and having them know who you are doesn't feel at least to me doesn't seem nearly as creepy as the we know who you are which one of the people at the table you are like yeah at, at some point right. it, you cross that threshold of like now you know too much uh but like if your phone could like if you had a reservation somewhere when you arrived at that place mm-hmm. and it could say you know the Musils are here they have a table for four you're like great perfect now you can just get seated right away and not have to like check in with somebody at the desk or whatever. You just walk in and somebody says Musil's this way. Um, but if you're, if you sit down and now they're like, Chase, here's your food. And Sarah, here's your food. And like, then it starts to feel creepy yeah. outside of Disney. Cause you're like, well, how I didn't realize that they knew that. Yeah. Is it creepy though? Like, like why is it, cre- why is, it, why, is it, why is it creepy then? And but it's not, if you just had a name tag on, maybe it's something <laughs> to do with the fact that, like, I guess I'm thinking of it as, like, you have a profile with this restaurant. Like, whenever yeah. you go to Denny's, they know that Chase orders yeah. the Moons Over Miami. Sure. So, they just automatically, like, bring that to you versus um, showing up at at whatever restaurant and they, like, you place an order ahead. If you place an order ahead, that's fine. Like, right. I, I'm expecting right. you to not bring the food out to me. But even at that, for them to show up and say, here's the tray of food and just set it down at the right person feels a little and creepy it, to me because how do they know which person is which and whatever i think we're
0: yeah yeah so i think the big thing we're dancing around is that if it's not if these experiences happen to you without you knowingly opting in they'll feel creepy and where i think you could get into some weirdness is that you could have purchased this watch or whatever right and then and they have some partnership with denny's or whatever and you walk in and they address you because you signed the like terms and services and agreement. that say that you auto like apply to this type of thing without really realizing it. That's where it feels creepy. But if you like when you're setting up your watch and you're like, Oh yeah, I definitely want this like restaurant notification, this restaurant profile, then it would feel less creepy. So what we're, I think what we're talking about is like an explicit opt-in scenario.
1: Sure. And I mean, I know Domino's already edges on that a little bit, which another restaurant option where you can like tweet at, dominoes with just an emoji of pizza and they know your twitter account and when you do it automatically orders whatever your preferred uh pizza is and schedules it for delivery to your home address so like there you've you've built that profile and said here's my information now when i do this thing and i tweet this emoji or texas emoji or i turn to alexa and say alexa order pizza tonight yeah and it just does it like because i've opted in that doesn't feel creepy because i'm making the effort to initiate that process versus them just knowing that like i yeah, show up I at domino's agree. and they're like here's your pizza sir and i'm like yeah. i don't remember ordering a pizza <laughs>
0: like, i was really just
1: coming here to eat
0: <laughs> yeah that's that's exactly it um if in fun fact you could do what you're saying so the twitter like domino pizza bot you could do that like ten years ago, more than ten years ago, twelve years ago with EverQuest. You type slash pizza and it'd bring up the the pizza menu in game, and you could order pizza. Yeah, super good. Okay, that that is the the end input <laughs> I've ever, 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 ever. games. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah. Anyway. So okay. So with the Magic Band in general, right? So you have these scenarios in which you're fine with the level of intrusion, right? It's essentially personal intrusion and personal knowledge that you've sort of you know given out without. More or less your consent, right? So like you you want them to have it, but then when they actually know it, you're like, whoa, well, wow, you know a lot about me. Okay, and working at Disney World, it works fine. So we you suspend your disbelief and it feels magical. The rest of the time though, the magic band is still like has great utility. And I was a little underwhelmed at that experience. That that experience of like they know who you are and like they can you know, pull up your you know meal, like the money that you have left in your meal account or whatever, right? Like all that stuff should just be accessible when you walk in or like your location. That's the infrastructure isn't built up for Disney for all of that. But what it still works really well for is your ticket to all the parks. It also acts as your Fast Pass. So in Disney, if you're if you're unfamiliar, there's a system called Fast Passes where you can sign up for rides in advance. So there's like you go and wait in line, and it might take. 45 minutes to ride a roller coaster so if you're gonna to go to space mountain or something but if you do the fast pass for it that's a much faster line so it says show up for your fast pass between 1 and 2 p.m and you signed up for this at like 10 a.m or earlier because the times get taken very early um then you can walk up and then you use your magic band as your fast pass so there's no longer this like hassle of having to get a physical pass and then coming back for it because that used to be the, pro- the process and now you just go scan your band and walk through and that's really cool and the thing that's even better about it, and it feels a little elitist, but if you stay on resort, you get two weeks in advance to plan your fast passes, so you can pick any time of the day, and you can do really well thought out like planning days where like you've got fast passes that are like in order around the park, and if you can get four a day or something like that. Anyway, so that worked really well, and it also carries all of your financial information, so like it doubles as your as your meal um, payment planner, so you don't have to carry your wallet anywhere, and it also functions as your room key, so when you go back, you don't have to worry about fumbling for that. So it does all of those extra. So
1: yeah. this is so good at so many levels because it means that disney can upsell you they can get more money out of you at the same time you feel really good about it because it's just so easy it's this magic
0: band to do everything at the park you, my right. god I how do no we idea. ever get about this before you have no idea my frustration with that
1: oh, i want i want an ice cream sandwich no big deal just walk up i don't have right. cash i don't have to pull up my card i don't have to deal with all that just there's my your wrist and your room yep. and thank you for the ice cream sandwich
0: it, that's frictionless absolutely true. transparent. So like if you read the tourist blogs, they highly suggest that you do cash. Like bring your cash yeah, for the day yeah, or yeah. the better solution if you don't if you're uncomfortable with cash is you buy Disney gift cards. You're like I'm going to buy a $50 gift card and everybody sure. gets a $50 gift card and when that's gone it's gone.
1: And can you right. can you disable the ability to do payments with the the MagicBands?
0: My my assumption is yes. My okay. assumption is yes. Because yeah. I know or you could not put a credit card on on it or something. Sure. Yeah.
1: It makes mean, I'm just thinking but, like how how easy would it be for a child oh yeah with mom and dad's credit well, card on there and i assume this i don't know ways to like provision this is a child they don't get access to to yeah. the uh infinite money card
0: but that's that's a good point though because Aubrey, well, aubrey's magic band absolutely had access to our stuff like we used her band to to buy stuff like when sarah forgot hers or something or i don't know what the case was but yeah so there's some details in there that i assume have been well thought out because it's disney and they generally do a you know a nice job with that type of thing but as you had like teenage kids or something or you know maybe right. you know
1: yeah, the joys of
0: making your you toddler have... pay for dinner <laughs> oh man it's amazing so that seems really powerful
1: to for some application in the, in the future right like if yep. my if i get up my smartwatch or whatever that does what i want it to do or mm-hmm. and isn't obtrusive it looks nice but it could also unlock my door
0: and they program like it to your room key yeah
1: program to my room key use it for payments i yep. could use it like as my remote or something like that, so i could like wave my arm and it could change the channel like how good would that be that'd be
0: really uh cool. i mean it'd be a little weird, weird. you've hop- Come on, I mean, minor- you know, minority Report. We're getting you, back to that. You, you talk with your hands hour. a
1: lot. It, you'd be changing channel <laughs> all the time. <laughs> oh my god, no kidding! But-
0: <laughs> Not QVC. God, I hate this.
1: Oh my god, I accidentally yeah. changed channel. Now Shawshank Redemption is on. I guess I've stumbled into this. I'm watching this for the rest of. The-
0: <laughs> That's it. That's the scenario. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but but what's really good about these things is that it lets you ta- it lets you do more and it so it's it's transparent and frictionless. But it also just lets you do more stuff. It gets out of your way and lets you. Yeah, it's a really useful tool for for getting the things done that you want to get done anyway.
0: I like it. Uh, the Magic Band is a great example of a wearable. But let's be right. clear: the Magic Band has very explicit limitations and constraints, and that's what every other wearable does not have. So,
1: well, what makes it work is the infrastructure around it.
0: Yeah, no, absolutely. But let's—I mean, the world can catch up. The infrastructure for the world—you can have all hotel room keys use that or whatever. You can have all payment—we're you know, already there with payment, right? Almost. So, um, I'm saying that. The magic and your bus band pass is still. Too. Yeah, all of that, right? I and
1: mean, it works for all of that. Boarding pass for it, an airplane? The hey, there's, there's a good reason for you to get an Apple Watch. You can put your boarding pass on it for all your flights. That oh. is how convenient! Really That's
0: easier. actually slick. <laughs> But, I mean,
1: it's not really a big deal. He's got his phone out. But it's, every, it's cool because, like, as you walk up, it just shows up on the screen of the watch. There's no, yeah, like, no, tapping really or anything. Good.
0: That is cool. Yeah. That's really good. All these contextual awareness pieces of yes. know, information that pop up, that's what's really slick. It's like you're – eventually it'll know, like, when you're approaching outside or, like, it's the time of, your, like, it's the time of day when you're getting ready or whatever. It, you're like – then the weather shows up because I don't need to know what temperature right. it is outside, you know, 90% of the day.
1: Yeah, I only check when I'm putting my shoes on. Exactly. I decide what jacket I'm going to put on. Exactly. Oh, I thought you were going to say which pair of shoes to put on. <laughs> <laughs> well, that too, because I want to know if it's raining or not, right?
0: But no, that's uh. exactly what you want. You want contextual information, and that's the thing that we're missing because our smart technology only knows what we tell it at the moment, more or less. I mean, yeah. you, you, like the the boarding pass is a really good example of where it's yeah. working great. But the rest of it's I, like, it's tracking personal habits or you're requesting it.
1: Yeah. And I guess for me, so like wearable technology, like if you, if you think about it, like wearable technology is around us all the time. My watch is wearable technology. My shoes are wearable technology. Like my pants are wearable technology. All these things, especially like, like I have some high tech pants that are super, like wind resistant, water resistant. They look like th- there's a lot of technology there. But there's no built-in really Wi-Fi. <laughs> 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 we're really talking about is the addition of digital technology, these sorts yes. of things. And yeah. I think we've reached a point now where there are some people like you guys who are more, who get more use out of having digital technology really, really close and really, really accessible than somebody like me where like my phone is enough. Yeah. Right? Like I agree having with that on hand is enough for I me to agree do with it.
0: that. Yeah. Yeah. It, if it will behoove you to know that I re, like refused to get a smartphone for the first few years when they were out because I said, if you want to use the internet, you go to a computer, you idiots. <laughs> <laughs> and actually. <laughs> And then I Absolutely. and then I actually had my first smartphone and I was in class, forgot to do an assignment. I was the last one to present for the day. Did my assignment off my phone, presented, got an A, and I was like, nope, sold. Can never go back. Right. Right.
1: I wonder too if wearables get more useful when we can do more than just tap
0: pictures under glass with them. Absolutely. I mean the, so let's let's branch, right? So you talk about like wearable you could have some type of necklace that's just like a gps for or like some type of safety you know like what what's the thing called for ger- like yeah. elderly people like safe, uh, safety safety alert, alert life, alert, life safe alert, alert whatever whatever yeah like i'm going to the grand canyon commercial like that that is an amazing use of like you could just get grandma some like turquoise necklace that she really likes but it's also life alert right and it could also be right. doing something like pedometer and it could do in home um like in so in like in home healthcare I've, because Sarah's mother-in-law is a, an administrator and her dad too um, for nursing homes, they've talked about like this in-home healthcare use where they would love to know where someone's at during the day, and so they can track their like how how much did you actually move around, right? Or like right. Where if you're walking to the kitchen, it could prep the food, or you know, or whatever. So anyway, th- I think that there's a lot of non-touch under glass scenarios which have a lot of right. benefit, but I think they just need to be really well defined. So, Necklace, earbuds, like the smart earbuds are finally starting to come out that are useful um, if you want Bluetooth headphones. I don't know. Are there other good examples that you guys know of?
1: There's, Well, on the Apple Watch, there's that super good, you can send the heartbeat to each other. Like that's, I love that. So my favorite use for that is not using it. (laughs) That's my favorite use for it. (laughs) So it it maybe doesn't work for you guys. There's this thing I read about a while back in a book called um, Smart Mobs where people talk about, uh, so there's... Kaki calls it sweethearting, but he talks about these, like, back in the early 2000s, before smartphones were really a big thing, and we were still all using WAP on our uh, flip phones. And he talks about kids uh, in Sweden after party would, like, if you really liked somebody, but you weren't necessarily sure if they liked you, you'd send them just a text message with nothing in it. And uh, so that was just sort of a way of, like, sending a feeler out uh, of seeing if somebody actually liked you or not like that. And then if somebody replied back to you, then that you would know, like, okay, they're interested in me, and
0: you could take it to the next step. Unless,
1: of course, they respond with... New number? Who dis? So this back. is
0: this is like a more socially acceptable pretender.
1: Yeah, right. It was sort of a way of like just it, uh, Taylor and I do it with each other. We just call it pinging each other. and a little yeah. way like I'm thinking of you. Just wanted to say hi, and if you're available, ping me back, and we can talk for a little bit. But it's yeah, just like a way. Nice. And th- that's exactly what the heartbeat is like, except it's a little I, more personal because instead of it just being like an icon or something like that, it's your actual heartbeat. I think the uh, yeah. there, there's there's two things about the heartbeat thing that I don't like. One. Uh, about half the time it doesn't trigger right. And two, the the amount of time it takes for it to read. And then it doesn't actually use your live heartbeat. It uses the last recorded heartbeat uh-huh. previously and then sends that. Okay. And the only reason I know that is because I had a day where CJ was showing her watch to somebody and she had sent me one and I was at the gym. And so then mm-hmm. I responded with one, mm-hmm. but it had last recorded my heartbeat while I was on the treadmill. So my heartbeat was like super fast, but I could tell that my heart had slowed down but it still oh, yeah. sent the fast heartbeat, and I was like, that's not right. <laughs> um, but they do yeah. have the the digital touch stuff, which while it's kind of gimmicky and I don't think a lot of people use it, there are some functions in that that I think are more useful where you can just tap the screen and it just like shows a little bubble, and then the other mm-hmm. person's phone shows up with just a little bubble that's like, hey, yeah. they want your attention. So then you can, yeah. like, we had discussed this, like, oh, we're going to a thing with some friends. If I send you two taps, that means, um, I need a new drink. And if I send you four taps, it means let's get the hell out of here. Well, you know what's really good about that, too? So one of the things that we struggle with uh, with uh, messaging platforms and digital technology is the idea of presence. So not in terms of VR, but, like, just the sense of, like, like if you're in a chat room, the idea that there's other people around you. So if you're at a party, you just have this sense, like, people are there around you. You can talk to them. You can go over and talk to the person in the corner and say hi and be ready to go. Right. But it's harder to capture that uh, in... in a digital space because even though you can see people are there you can't necessarily see what they're doing so I can see that guy in the corner is just standing by himself not really doing anything Uh, the person sitting in the chair over here is like invested in her phone so I know I shouldn't talk to her you don't get that same sense in a digital space really we have like away messages and that kind of thing and so you, with this, it sort of gives you like this hyper-direct source of presence so you can go exactly to the people that you want to know about and know exactly what the presence is, even if they're not around you. And this is really cool, too, about this is that it allows you – it's this further combination of the digital and the physical space. So now you have a sense of presence for people who aren't even
0: there on you at all times. You, so you know what you just made me think of that I want – I mean, not that I need it, but I would like it. So, one of the first things I liked about Snapchat is if you're messaging somebody and you're both on, it does like the blue, like concentric circle starts to glow, which like, hey, you're both here, you you could talk, right? Exactly right, right? so That's really nice. I like think about having that in your in your circle of conversation, like a chat room or like a multi-person conversation, is what we you know we don't do chat rooms, right? But multi people, um, asynchronous conversations today, and if someone's actually looking at their phone, if the focus is that is that you know whatever program or app and they're looking at their phone, like, you can use your camera to tell that, they could glow. Like, their name could glow in the conversation or something, so you know right. they're there. Like, how cool would that be? It'd be so subtle. Well, even even Slack already kind of
1: gets close to that, where I can open right. up Slack, and I can look at the see who's the, on. the nav on the side, and I can say, okay, it looks like Chase is on, so if I'm going to send a message right now that's relevant to Chase, I should do it right now, because otherwise he's not going to see this for six to eight hours, because that's notification true. triage. And, <laughs> right. and whereas I know, like, because Andrew replies instantly to everything pretty much i can just be like hey question answer and it's that fast you know why i can do that though is because i know that if you guys if my phone vibrates that it's something i should pay attention to right now if i was just getting crap all the time and i constantly had to look my wrist to determine if it was important or not then i wouldn't be able to respond so quickly because i just have so much stuff there eventually it would just be an, a wash of noise
0: that's fair you can I, you can filter
1: the notifications that go to the watch but i i, I mean i already do that i filter the notifications that go to my phone but you could filter you could say they could still show up on your phone on the lock screen so when you unlock it or wake up your phone there you see the list of notifications but then your watch only alerts you to text messages or phone calls i don't mean to say that like that i couldn't do that i just say that like what i have the system i have now works well enough for me already i have no reason to change it and i'm and adding another layer of filters or notifications or devices to that just isn't going to enhance my experience in any way
0: you don't understand ian he can ride his horse into town he does I was just not going to drive it, like, a car like, what's, yeah. what's the difference <laughs> i didn't need a new car uh, you know what i'm yeah because
1: this is all recorded we can come back to this in six months to a year yeah, when right, you have right, an apple watch and you're going to be like guys so this is the coolest thing in the world you know you could do this and I'd be like yeah dude told you hindsight is 20, 20, right but, but i will say that the difference between the horse and the car and the, my watch and an apple watch the car is again hindsight is objectively better because it's faster i don't have to feed my i mean i have to give a gas whatever i don't have to feed my car that's oh, feeding. but importantly i also don't have to clean up the poop that my car produces i have a guy who does that for me I, like the smartwatch just replicates the functionality of my phone without adding any
0: apparent benefit to it.
1: I've never cleaned up the poop for my watch. I just want to clarify that.
0: Sure. <laughs> <laughs> I I think it's absolutely fine to say that you just don't want to wear a watch and although I wear the Pebble and I've been wearing it, I will spend I've spent the majority of my time owning a wearable not wearing one i'm not a big fan of wearing watches in general i'm trying like i'm wearing it as an exercise and trying something different i'm in agreement though that if you don't want to wear a watch you don't wear a watch like the thing for you you might like wear if since we can tell that you've passed on cool guy bluetooth earphones right but the next thing that comes out that could do some type of notification delivery for you like you get the the joaquin phoenix you know samantha ai in your ear whatever and maybe that's like the really good fit right it's not but yeah I'm just, you, you get my, yeah. Yeah,
1: okay yeah. not you always but, have you know, something anyway. shouting in your ear telling you Chase is texting you you have a new email here's a phone call I'm like that's not what I need <laughs> actually exactly. so you got me thinking about wearables in 20 years or so. one of my friends who was the absolute last person I expect to get a wearable um she bought she bought an apple watch and she loves it mm-hmm. um but she's not hooked into the tech world or anything like that she just really she had uh i can't remember how she got it she had like four hundred dollars at apple that she just had available and uh she bought an apple watch and she loves it yeah that's cool right that's un- i think unexpected. yeah because so one of the arguments i hear against the wearables all the time and this is one that i was making earlier is that they're not fashionable and then especially for that reason women do not like to have wearables because they are concerned with fashion and uh, so am I, which is part of the reason why I don't have an Apple Watch. But she really likes it; she thinks it's cool, and she's a very stylish person. And it suits her needs, and it does it, it enhances her life in a way that I was surprised to see she actually is embracing. And, and for to that point, CJ was very much the same way. She was like, "I have no interest in this. This is not a technology that I care about. I don't need one, whatever." And then I got her, right. and instead of getting her the cheaper one, I got her the, the middle model with the the stainless steel, so it looks a little nicer, so it's a little dressy or whatever. And she's gone out and bought four or five bands for it. So she has ones that match whatever outfit she's wearing, stuff like that. So she can, right, she can right. then suit it to her, which I think is one of the things, part of why the Apple watch sells as well as it does compared to others is that it is so easily and affordably changeable to match what you're wearing well and, and, and be fitting. The customization is a huge strength too. That's one another thing that us two looked at. They have this post about face makers where they have the ability to take some, pretty standardized parts and combine them in a way to make a very customized, very cool looking watch. And of course you're limited to the options they give you, but it allows for a wide range of flexibility within those limitations. And I think that's a really, a really cool application of this that allows for a lot of freedom.
0: Um, so I want to add one more thing about, about social acceptance and wearability. So if you like that topic in general, um, I, I guess i one of my colleagues, one of our colleagues, uh, more appropriately, one of our friends, um, her name is Noreen. So she just successfully defended her dissertation. So she's now Dr. Kelly. But her dissertation was all about the social acceptability of wearables. And so she actually came up with her own scale for how socially acceptable each individual wearable was. And it goes across all types of wearables. So watches, necklaces, and right the whole shebang, um, right. fitness trackers. Anyway, so um if it's not up yet but eventually there'll be wearscale.com and that's her um domain that where you can go and actually use her scale and you know use it in your own work if you want but i think it's a really nice deep dive into whether like it gets it gets to the heart of what we're talking about whether the functionality is great enough that it overcomes its social inacceptability right so like google glass is a good ex- <laughs> is a good example of a wearable right right like the functionality did not overcome its social incompetence right but what you have something like the pebble yeah, okay okay <laughs> fair enough but you have something like the pebble or uh, Apple Watch or whatever, right? And some people find enough value to get over its, you know, its bad looks, you know, subjectively. Right. So I it think it's a really actually, interesting scale to to think about the whole idea of social acceptance. Yeah. yeah,
1: yeah. Google Glass is interesting on that point. We should wrap, but just this idea that a lot of people I think found Google Glass to be a functional enhancement to their lives, but the social pressures far outweighed the the enhancement they got. So even though they really liked it, like they just you can't wear it in public. You just can't. Yeah. For me, I didn't find a lot of. Uh, a lot of function out of it when i had it um but that that could just be right it, that my workflow my day-to-day like it, it was cool to have some of the notifications of like that pop up on it but yeah
0: yeah well so can we can we all be in agreement that wearables are not for everybody but some people like them and andrew will get an apple watch and he will like it probably
1: you can find show notes for this week's episode at interface.fm slash... Is this 10? Is that right? Oh, my God. You're this worse than Chris Remote. Yeah, this can't, can't be, be double right. Double digits! Ah, God yeah. damn, we're almost there. Uh, if you're into uh, Reddit, want to join the discussion or start the discussion, head over to r/slash Interface Podcast. You can also follow the show on Twitter at underscore Interface FM, and you can send us questions, topics, tell us how right or wrong we are, or if you want to uh, harass Andrew, you can do that too. Um, Please harass Andrew. <laughs> We're also <on> the love <laughs> of God. Harass Andrew. <laughs> We're also on Facebook. Search Interface Podcast. Click the mouse cursor and uh, show the like button on the page some love can leave us a rating or review in itunes just search interface you know the artwork and uh thank you to our listeners for tuning in and subscribing and we'll be back next monday and every monday like clockwork
0: You, if I send you a pebble, will you wear it just for a week just to try it? I mean it's I I don't know yeah, what you I'd think. Yeah, I'd wear it for a week. I'd yeah, wear it for a week. I think it's worth
1: trying. If I if I send you one also, will you wear two?
0: Yeah, that <sighs> yeah, would better. Yeah.
1: Oh, you I could thought I like, wear my third watch and I look like a crazy yeah. person.
0: Oh man, that'd be so cool because you could have text messages only on your left hand and emails only <laughs> on your right, no, and so you can like start to ignore you, your right. You can't pair two to one phone. <laughs> Damn it. Well then you'll Forget just get an Android and do both. I,
1: I will admit though, real quick, that when I got my pebble maybe was when i got my apple watch i wore for two weeks a fitbit an apple watch and a pebble
0: nice oh my god just
1: nice just for comparison's sake to see what it was like the pebble is it it makes the pebble seem far inferior and it makes the fitbit seem totally ridiculous Mm.
0: ultimate dork mode right there i like it
1: i also wore google glass for like two months so
0: i'm really excited to see the gopro footage (laughs) that you had on your chest
1: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, something like that.